All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles. The Hockey Outlaws Podcast with your hosts, Terry Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest, 13-year veteran, Stanley Cup champion, and has so much drip that everywhere he goes, there's a flash flood warning. Michael DJ Del Sato. Time to face off. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Rig Aurelia? What are you saying, buddy? This is it. Girls are down. <laughs> I, a little peace I and got... quiet. A little... <laughs> he's a little... hanging on, man. He's just hanging on. Oh, I don't know man. how. It, he's been up since six. But, uh, the trooper. Yeah, man. Uh, had a... Uh, had a little tournament yesterday golf tournament with our uh the voice of nasty knuckles uh kaz Kaz. our boy uh second year in a row uh for a great cause at uh the the charity is called maureen's mile uh you obviously weren't uh unfortunately you couldn't be there we missed your drives um (laughs) you know we really missed that but we had our Nasty Knuckles uh, close friend Neil Little, Mr. Yeah, Neil Little was with us. Thank the 
thank the Lord above. He, yeah, uh, he actually, he won the overall, uh, he shot, uh, three, I think he shot three over, but we basically used his ball every, oh, I think sure. I only, I had a tough, I had a tough day. I had a tough day. It was, he casually puts it, it was, nicely down the oh, fairway. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, he, every <laughs> drive, he was just smoking the ball, but, um, it yeah, was a man. great event and Kaz, Kaz, uh, Kaz does a lot for for uh, things like that, and he he's the man, and we we love him, and it was yeah. it was a good day. We did miss you, but uh, we uh, you know you obviously had things uh, prior. How was Kaz? Uh, how was Kaz's golf care. game? Was he rocking the uh, high top you know, chucks? Bro, it was so hot. He had all black on. <laughs> you know, he had all black on. I love you, Kaz. He had, a, he had his you know his hair's jet black. He had his his black sick bandana on reminded yeah. me a little bit of our boy Broads, but he wears yeah. it better than Broads, man. He wears it better than Broads. Well, Broads doesn't have that, the, the Motley yeah, Crue right. hair. Have the crew. Um, and then he had a, then he had his uh, black golf shirt on and then his black camo shorts with Ooh. his black golf shoes. And I'm like, why didn't you wear white? And he's like, did you see me wearing white? And I'm like, it would actually be great. I think it'd be a great pick. Oh, a little curveball for the boys. Yeah. Yeah. No one would have believed it. But it's funny how many of the golfers, there's a ton of golfers, and they all know him and love him. And uh, everybody yeah. was saying hi. And his dad played in front of us, which was great. <laughs> he was a trip. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, Flyers started development camp. Yeah. This week. A little action in the hockey world. Yeah. Nice to yeah, see. Get, getting closer. You know, you taste know, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, camp's getting closer. But 40, I don't know, getting, getting really close. Yeah. Um, Talked to Morgan Frost, and uh, he said they're Frosty. getting after it pretty good. Yeah, the Frosty Cakes. He's happy. Uh, he's, he's healthy. He's feeling good, and he's excited. So, um, you know, you can't really go over and watch anything um, that you know with, with yeah. the regulations right now. So, yeah, it's it stinks, but uh, they're they're working hard. I saw a couple videos, and uh, he said they've been getting after it pretty good. So, yeah, a little different format. Normally, development camps right after the draft. Obviously, right. COVID and the the whole bit, uh, they 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 salvaged it. At least they had one. Yeah, I think it's only four yeah, days exactly. long. Exactly. Little three on three action tomorrow. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's just uh, one of those things. Just adapt and stay ready, yeah. and it's all good. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. definitely prefacing the season. So uh, you know, yeah. mentioning that a uh, couple couple big signings since uh, we last yeah. did this uh, with the the hiatus uh, last week. With the, the biggest one being Coots, Ooh, my man Coots with the <laughs> the big ticky. You, you taking wow. the nasty knuckle boys out for Dinsy or what? Yeah, right. What's going on, Cootsie? Let's go. Dang a little carrot or something. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell Not you what, deal, I'll deser- I, uh, he's deserving of it. Oh, though. I agree, like, man. Uh, I agree. He's a, he's a hell of a player. Uh, I think I read some. Someone said uh, probably, you know, and. and Someone said, you know, second best two way player in the league behind Bergeron. But uh, I mean, Coots is right. There. I mean, yeah, it's hard. You know, Burge is, like... Burge is still getting it done at yeah. his age, but Coots is that. I mean, he's to oh, me, yeah. he's I right. Agree. I mean, it, it's hard it, to even not give even. one and one and two. Exactly. Uh, I, really. I, I can't. I just say they're the both, they're probably the best two way players in the game. Right. Um, so congratulations to Coots. I, yeah, you got to lock him great. up. Lock him in. He's a, he's a flyer, man. I mean, God, I just can't even, I just, he's, he made it when he was 18. Like thinking back, 
looking at some videos I saw this yeah, week. Right, I, just, I, I remember him like you could barely get a word out of him. He was just yeah. such a quiet kid, but he's a great guy, um, great teammate, cares so much, wants to win. Um, I love it. I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah, it's a big, great signing. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, hundred percent. You can't repeat. You can't replace yeah. that. And, nope. And you know, picking up uh, Derek Broussard. Yeah. You know, you're getting him really cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's got experience. He's played for, uh, uh, you know, AB. Um, yep. He got some chemistry I, with uh, who else there? Um, uh, I guess Atkinson. Well, he would have played with Hazy. And Hazy, and, yeah. And, yeah. So um, I, I think it's a great signing. I mean, yep. w- w- what do you what do you got to lose really there? You know, well, it's add some depth and, for sure. And it's going to, yeah, you know, uh, really challenge, uh, you know, a younger guy for, for a spot, you know. So I think it's good 100%. competition. You got depth. Got some and, uh, veteran leadership there. I and think, and yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And then, uh, you know, uh, Sanheim, you know, yeah. he got his deal as well. So yep. you locked everybody up. And, and uh, I mean, it's it's just a great summer for us. Uh, yeah, Parker really. No excuses and, this year, boys. <laughs> no, you, it's, I mean, it's uh, I, and, high you know, expectations. I, Exactly, and and everyone I've uh, spoken to a lot of the guys, and they're they're really fired up. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped going. to see what what the I, I, what they can I do. Too. I'm yeah. pumped that uh, you know we'll be with the fans of Philly too on the road, and oh yeah, get to see some games on the road and doing stuff here at home too. That's gonna be awesome. So um, yeah, I think it's gonna be looking a great great year, man. Great yeah, I'm really year. looking forward to it. Yeah, lots of good energy around it in so many yes. different ways. So. 100%. Good stuff happening there, and then getting uh, getting prepped here for our, our first annual Nasty Knuckles Ball Hockey Tourney oh. with National Ball oh, Hockey man. League guys. Certainly helping yes. us out big time, and adding our new presenting sponsor, Toby Hockey, which will be yeah. rocking. And uh, you introduced Toby. me to that. Oh, Scrub Daddy. What, yeah. what is what do they have in common? Oh, Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy. Uh, yeah, our buddies uh, Aaron Kraus and uh, John O'Brien, man, it was great uh, getting to hook up with them, um, talking about the getting all that literally educated um, on the on the stick, and it's it's. I think people are going to be shocked when they see what they come up with. Um, I was yeah. fortunate enough over the years to go to basically every stick factory when they were still in Canada, all um, right, <laughs> and, and uh, seeing things like the way they made sticks, but. As you know, when we were sitting there showing us that process and the videos, man, it's it's impressive. And with you just sniping with that stick, I think people <laughs> are gonna really know what's up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, you you introduced me to the twig, you know, I guess a month ago when I snapped the yep. old Reebok uh, <laughs> down the, the middle on a backdoor play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the ten year old Reebok. And then uh, you, you, you slightly handed me the stick, you know, without really explaining what the hell was going on. I was like, do I need to tape this bad boy? And you're like, nope. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Two shifts later, two snipes later, still rocking yep. the Toby. And, you know, you know, now we're understanding the, the science behind this, uh, this technology. And, uh, you know, I think it's hard for some guys to wrap their head around a stick. You don't have to tape. For sure. You know, the holes. But, uh, you know, the durability, the feel. I mean, you know, I think this yeah. thing is going to challenge uh, the stick market, um, you know, moving it, forward. I think guys just have to get get over that hump of what yeah. it looks like. But the feel, man, the feel is there. 
And not that I'm a it's, good judge of that, but <laughs> they're the rock hands. But nonetheless, well, I, I definitely could use that uh, on and off the ice, no question. Yeah, the the uh, the funny thing is to see in the videos that we were fortunate enough to like he showed us with legitimate players. I mean, not that you are. I mean, let's face it, you played in the NHL. I know we make fun and say crazy shit, but uh, the, the 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 people that did test the stick were like, yeah. whoa. But like we said, yeah, like we said to Aaron, like the thing in, in hockey is guys are worried about getting chirped and you know, <laughs> right. you have the, the waffle blade, but once you feel it and you see what's going on there and the technology, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, man. It really is. I would have loved so. to gun chirp for that stick back in the day. I would have just given me more ammo to go. Yeah. Know, right, guys yeah. Accountable. Was like you chirp my twig. It was yeah. like remember back in the day with John Sim in practice we were at the Phantoms when I when oh, he was yeah. chirp, chirping my bad blade. Remember? He was like, You got a shitty I mean, blade. Look at that. Stick. At least you didn't beat me up. <laughs> I was like, I yeah, had enough of you chirping my blade, buddy, and I grabbed them and, and, and beat the pants off him in front of Homer and Clarky <laughs> and everyone, all the brass standing and watching practice the one day. He's like, what? I was just joking. Uh, I was just chirping your stick. I'm like, you never lay off, buddy. But, you know? <laughs> he <laughs> could. Good he never, yeah, exactly. Uh, he, uh, that's that's funny. I mean, like, we've told that story a hundred times. First time I saw it, I wasn't sure if you were right-handed or left-handed. Because <laughs> I hadn't seen you play yet. But, uh but hey, when you're, when, when, you're, when you're when you're tough, you could use any stick. And then you just got to, if someone wants that's to chirp, right. you got to you gotta answer the bell. And you can't, right. you can't chirp if you're not willing to answer the bell. That's right, man. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think, uh, and we saw a certain player. We, were, I don't think we're. We, I'll say the name, but there's a player in NHL, pretty big name. That's uh, we got to see his stick, and man, I, I, I hope he uses it because I want to. I want to see, yeah, like, what happens with all the testing we saw. Um, it's pretty. It's 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 really interesting. It is really wild. How about that one video that he showed with, uh, you know, with, with the stick that was like in the vice, and they ripped a, a slap shot over 100 miles an hour at the tip of the the stick blade, and the puck broken pieces, not the yes. stick blade. I mean, that was like, I couldn't believe that. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Like the the durability. Obviously, the shaft yeah. itself will obviously break before the blade ever breaks. But you could you could oh, use that easily. Yeah. I, I could use that thing for. For five years straight, probably. Durability of that <laughs> oh, thing. You, well, you just choose your last <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And it was a piece of shit. So, I mean, on and uh, off the ice, that's interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, right. No, it's 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 really it's really neat and interesting. I've talked to a couple uh, guys about it. They're gonna they're give a whirl. Samples made. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, they should. Get out of your comfort man. zone. Get out of your comfort zone. It's lighter. Yeah, man. It's got. It's it's, yeah, it's just. Uh, I, it's got good balance too. I mean, for anybody that's yeah. into that kind of stuff, um, but all good. Yeah, appreciate uh, the yeah. support, Toby. Happy to be a partner, and look forward to to, to bringing you around the hockey rink, oh, yeah. scoring yeah. some goals. I probably won't score, but I'm going to be holding it anyway. Maybe that's good. not. They might, they might ask me not to, <laughs> to yeah, use right. it yeah. in the men's league. They might You're all Swedish, Nast. You're all Swedish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, good guys. Awesome guys. Yeah. Awesome guys. Yeah. All right, Riggs. Let's, uh, let's get into this week's episode number 38 with our boy, Michael Delzato. We, uh, we took the, yeah, big DZ. We took the, uh, week off, uh, uh, for Jimmy Hayes, um, the tragedy, uh, you know, the hockey world knows about, uh, from last week. Uh, just want to do that out of respect for him and uh, his family. 
um, and, you know, all his friends, which he had many, um, like we said before. So uh, let's get into that episode. This guy, Michael Delzato, anytime he steps into the arena, there's you got to wear high waters because he's always saying there's floods. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's get into that episode, Riggs. Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Sotomayor. And this week, we are so happy to have my good buddy, our good buddy, Mr. DJ Delzato. DZ, what's up, brother? What's happening, fellas? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Thanks, thanks for, for carving out the time. You're, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. It's tough, tough to track you down, buddy. Traveling the world, man. Mr. 305, I'm taking over for Pitbull now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Um, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I was going to say, you're back in Toronto training? Yeah, I came season. back uh, mid-July once the quarantine was lifted. I was enjoying some time off uh, in the off-season. I traveled a little bit. I was in Miami for a bit, New York to see my nephew, Bahamas. Uh, I was trying to enjoy some type of normalcy with how crazy last season was and being, you know, kind of cooped up in a, an apartment the whole year and not being able to do anything. So I was trying to make up for the social life and travel a bit. And, and now I'm back in Toronto grinding away, getting ready for uh, my 13th NHL season. It's yeah. Crazy, well, man. And, it's only, hard to and, believe. Only thir- and only 31 years old. I mean, you're yeah. like young, really 31 years young. I mean, I'm a couple years older than you now, but uh, <laughs> You know how that goes. I don't, I don't, I don't count mine anymore. I'm so old, but uh, yeah, Roz, uh, we were talking a little bit about you, DZ. I was telling him um, you are like a fitness, like, I don't want to say expert, but dude, like, you know how to take care of body. You always, since I've known you, um, that's one of the biggest things. That's a reason probably why you're still playing um, 13 years, a long time to play in NHL and especially being a D man. Um, Riles probably has a lot of questions about that and as well as your, your diet, which you two both have a lot in common. I don't think you're, you're uh, jumping into any Chick-fil-A most days or anything like that. I actually can't tell you the last time I've had uh, fast food. Um, I've kind of stuck with this, um, you know, high protein, high fat, you know, like keto diet, no carbs, even during the season, I'll really only have carbs on, uh, on game day uh, for pregame meal. I intermittent fast uh, every day. Uh, I don't really have uh, a big appetite in the morning, so that certainly helps. And then you get it, like anything, you get into a routine and it just becomes easy. Um, so, you know, there's still days, more so the summer. We'll have my cheat days, you know, like every every weekend or every other weekend. I'll, uh, I, I love candy. That's my big one. I love sour candy. Uh, I love sweets. But I was a little chubbier when, uh, when I was in junior, and it was my draft year, actually, Cause back then, like we didn't have nutritionists. We didn't know anything about diet. We just kind of played, worked out. We didn't even have a trainer at that time in junior. So every morning I was having two s'mores pop tarts before I'd go to school. And I just thought, okay, I think breakfast is the most important meal. I was putting something in my system, not thinking I was just throwing dog shit. In, in, <laughs> right. in my body. Um, and then my draft year, I was uh, right around combine time. So at the end of the year, I think I was, I was two eleven, thirteen 13 or 14% body fat. And then, from that time at whatever it was, May to training camp in September, I dropped down to 188, 6% body fat. So it was a huge summer for me. Wow. All, um, a lot of it training, but most of it, I'd say 80, 90% was just nutrition. And from then on, I, I basically told myself I would never let myself go again. 
And there's been little tweaks here and there in my diet. And I've, I've found something that works for me. And, uh, you know, going into now, as you said, year 13, having that consistency and building, um, I guess this portfolio of what my body expects, it actually has allowed me to have a few more cheat days than usual, you know, the last year or so, especially COVID, uh, last year being stuck at home, uh, before the season, sorry, there was definitely more cheat days than there were, uh, in past years. But, um, just because I've, I've, I've done it for so many years, it's my body, it's allowed my body to, um, cheat a little bit more. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, playing in the NHL and doing keto, um, seems to be, well, you have to be, you have to know what you're doing and very calculated, right? Did you find when you first started doing that, that you maybe lacked some energy or or robbing energy? Yeah. There was times where, um, I lacked some energy. Um, I found that there was a a midpoint for a, a few seasons where, uh, I felt like I was hitting the wall and I don't think that was so much the nutrition as it was overtraining. Um, I started with the, uh, Matt Nickel, uh, six or seven years ago. And he, he had this amazing saying for me was you can keep hammering the gas, but if the tank's empty, you're not going anywhere. So, you know, I was training, you know, three, four times a day. And, you know, did I look good when I looked in the mirror? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, come December, I had nothing left in the tank. And that second half of the season was, was tough for me to, it, it felt like it was a, a much tougher grind than it should have been. Um, and then as far as the diet, um, yeah, you, you fine tune it here and there. Um, increasing the healthy fats has been the biggest thing for me is not always just crushing protein, 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 as you need to throw in the healthy fats to use as your, uh, your energy source. Um, and I'm like, Nasi said, like I, as much as I enjoy fitness and nutrition, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to it. Like I, I truly enjoy it. Like, I think it's, um, mm-hmm. it's great knowing, um, it's great seeing the results. Sorry. Right. It's you, you do all these things to, to help, um, the longevity of your career or to feel good, look good uh, is definitely a big part of it too. You know, when you're in warm climate, taking your shirt off, it's definitely a nice, uh, <laughs> right. A little bonus. We'll give, you the double, we'll give you the elevator from a penthouse if you want, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's something I truly enjoy. And, and when you see results, like anything, uh, when you put the hard work in, that's, uh, that's the best part about it. Yeah. And the way you feel, obviously, right. I mean, it's like, it's, it's got to convert and you, you got to feel the energy. Otherwise it's defeating the purpose, especially for what you're trying to accomplish. Right. I mean, um, exactly. I think a lot of guys go through these, um, I, I guess, phases of trying to find that next level. Right. I mean, trying to find that edge and a lot of guys struggle with it. Right. Cause I mean, you went, you're talking about eating s'mores and junior. I mean, it was like the, the world of chicken and pasta. That was it. Right. You know, I mean, talk yeah. about fats, you know, and then now you're talking about essentially starving yourself of carbohydrate and essentially leaning on fats, which most people have a hard time wrapping their head around and, I can convert that not just to looking good in a shirt and or without the shirt, but uh, actually into performance on ice is, is, is pretty impressive because it takes a lot of, uh, I mean, I mean, discipline, obviously. Yeah. Some of the, like you said, always looking for that extra edge, but some of it is some of it, you have some guys that are always tweaking. It's like every six months or every season uh, making these, not just tweaking, but making these big adjustments. And it takes time for your body to adjust to different, uh, diets, nutrition, work, working out different fitness, uh, programs for me, it's, it's keeping it consistent. I I think you get to the point now at 31 years old, I'm not going to get much stronger, faster, quicker, but how can I stay healthy is the biggest thing. And like you said, feeling good, um, would probably be the biggest, uh, I guess, concern of mine is feeling good and staying healthy throughout a full season. And then are you able to notice, uh, as far as recovery goes, are you recovering faster, quicker regeneration, stuff like that? Yeah, as well? I, 
feel uh, that's another big thing too is like when you see, you're looking around the locker room or even the other team and you're seeing you get into the third period or overtime or or bag skate practices or testing and you're seeing guys really struggling and you still feel uh good that's when you know uh that what you're doing is the right thing and it's paying off yeah for sure yeah. i mean <clears throat> just signed a, a nice two-year deal in ottawa uh congratulations again. yeah congrats uh that's awesome man um what, what are your thoughts going in there have you been able to like talk to dj or or you know I'm sure you have, but uh, what, what are your feelings there? Yeah, yeah, I talked to DJ. Uh, I've known him a little bit. Um, I, I don't know a ton of players. That's when you know it's a young team, when you don't know many guys on the team. Um, so I'm coming in. I think I'm the oldest guy at 31, which is crazy. Wow. But I'm, Why the is that? Trending, yeah, the team's trending in the right direction. You saw the second half of their season last year was yeah. uh, very impressive. I love the way DJ coaches. He's got that old-school mentality. Uh, very similar to Torts in a way. So I'm excited for that because you just don't see that much more uh, in the league anymore. And um, it's definitely uh, more enjoyable to play for a coach like that. Yeah, they've got uh, – so last year's draft pick was a, a buddy of mine who's a you, – you probably met Mark, Greg. His son was draft pick last year, first round. Uh, he's a scout for the Flyers. And then Brian Boucher's son uh, this year. So yeah, this year. Yeah. Talk about making someone feel old like fuck. <laughs> this kid's running around the locker room, man. <laughs> Actually, Gregor had already left the Flyers when when Ritter was born, so it really makes me feel old. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it seems to be an exciting time right now because, like you said, the second half of the year was was really good, and and they got a lot of good, nice young players, man. And then um, we were talking to Chief. You know, he was on the show a while back, but uh, he was talking about how important he felt you were to the team. Obviously, you didn't, get, you didn't play a whole lot uh, there, but he said what you did off the ice with the, the extra guys and the younger players was huge for them. Um, he, he said that a couple times, to be honest with you. Um, so I know they're, they're looking for you to be a leader, obviously, um, not just because of your age, but the way you handle yourself, the way that you take care of yourself and being a good pro. It's uh, that's like the mentorship role is, is something I've enjoyed though. Like you, you get older and, and, you know, I'm 31. I still, you know, me, like I still act like I'm 21. I love having fun around the room. I'm, I'm rarely serious. So with the young guys that added enthusiasm and energy in the room and being able to uh, you know, it's contagious. So being able to have that. And I think me show that as a young guy also brings a, the energy and enthusiasm for them as well. It's a, it's a two way street. And um you know, you look at some of the leaders, our, our young guys on Ottawa, but they're still, uh, I'm a firm believer that you have to go through um, certain scenarios and you have to have that experience to really grow as a, as a leader of a hockey club. So I'm looking forward to helping those guys uh, learn that way, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well, and how to be a pro and how to be, give your best every single day and not let down your teammates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I know one thing is a definite detail Del, Del Zotto will have the <laughs> the lock, the lock, the, the radio. Uh, you had it years ago in Philadelphia. I would have, I would have a little bit of rock and roll, more rock and roll guy. <laughs> I, I said to uh, DZ one time, Ross, I'm like, do you, do you listen to any rock? He's like, what's that? <laughs> I mean, he kind of laughs, right? So then I'm like, here, let me show you this. I think you'll like Stone Temple Pilots. Everybody knows that's like one of my favorite. I'm like Scotty Wild, one of the best front men ever. You know, passed away a few years ago. So I'm showing it to him and he, he watched for about five seconds. He's like, yeah, okay. So he takes that thing <laughs> off anyway. So he's got his music going and uh, he makes his own music, which you could talk about a little bit DZ, but 
So the funny thing was a couple of days later, you know, I had said Scott Weiland from STP. He comes in a room, rips my phone right off the thing. He's one of the first guy. He was like you, Riggs. He, but not 10 cups of black coffee by 4.30. <laughs> no, okay. he, wasn't, he wasn't quite <laughs> a little calmer. Long, so. <laughs> a little calmer. But he would come in, put the, put the music, get the music going. And I said, well, at least let the song uh, finish before you change it. And he says, I can't stand that Johnny Dewey stuff. And I'm like, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> so I always... I always fuck around like it's Scotty Wilder. I said, Scotty Dub, you know, and he goes, yeah, Johnny Dewey, Scotty Dub, whatever, man. I'm like, good God, man. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not a huge rock guy, but it, it was Philly's kind of where my music took off. Um, my first year there, like I was one of the only single guys and I went through a stretch of like, I'd come back from practice and it'd be, you know, one in the afternoon and I'd watch Netflix for like five, six hours and I'd cook. And I watch more Netflix and I go to bed. I'm like, fuck, this is like, I need to do something more productive with my life here. And this is, you know, it, it, I'm developing bad habits. I've always loved music. Some of my, you know, good friends are, you know, Tiesto, some of the, you know, probably the best DJ of all time. Not a big deal. <laughs> but getting to watch these guys perform um, live and then in, in, in uh, studio, learning from them. And like anything, practice makes perfect. But the, the, my passion for music, what I think is so cool, is it's an international language. It doesn't matter where in the world you are, um, what's going on in your life. Music has the ability to put a smile on your face, to make you dance or feel good about yourself. And as we talked about before the show, every day there's the media is everything is so fucking negative. All yeah. the news, all it is is negativity, negativity, negativity. Whereas you have that option to or that uh, ability to put a smile on someone's face or make them feel good about themselves or dance and um, get their mind off whatever shit they may have going on in their life, I think is so cool. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing I've taken for music. Uh, some people don't know you're a little bit of a sax player too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking tough instrument, man. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I've I play the alto like. sax as well. It's my favorite instrument. I think the coolest my favorite music is, is like a deep house beat with the sax in the back or like more of like a loungy beat where you have like a nice supper club, sipping on tequila on the rocks and just checking out the talent rolling in. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that's the atmosphere. Well calculated. That, that sounds like fun actually. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> thought that about that, like, but yeah, I like that. Bad formula. day right there. <laughs> Again, you know, Ron Burgundy was a big yeah. uh, jazz guy. You know? Yeah. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. Oh man. But yeah, he's, uh, that stuff's cool to me. Like I've seen, obviously right when you started doing all that stuff and, and then seeing some of the videos and God, I don't even know how you know how to work. That's like me trying to watch Elvis play these video games and his <laughs> fucking hands are going like this and there's 25 buttons and you got all that shit, but it turns out awesome. I love the, I love that kind of stuff. It's really cool because I love music. I love just about everything. Country makes me a little bit of a nervous twitch uh, if I hear too much of it, but yeah, um, not a big country guy, but I like some of it. Uh, but anyway, um, so the the last uh, last couple of years, we were looking, we were, I, I kind of forgot about the year you did go to St. Louis and is the Stanley Cup champion, by the way, um, DZ. Uh, you were on three teams that year. I forgot, yeah. I, I forgot yeah. about that. It was a crazy, crazy. Uh, it was a crazy year. So I had a, a really good year. Uh, I signed a two-year deal in Vancouver. I had a great year. Um, my first year played all 82 games. The first time in my career stayed healthy, which was great. And I, I was like one of three defensemen. I think it's like one of 10 in the last like decade that averaged um, 
I think it was like two or three or three hits a game and two blocks a game. So like some wow. crazy stat, I had a phenomenal year. Um, and then the next year I came to camp and uh, I was like all of a sudden kind of like in and out of the lineup. And it was really bizarre. The team was getting younger and they didn't really give me any notification or idea of, of or I guess heads up that that was going to happen. So I was uh, pretty taken back, especially with the, the year I had before. So it was kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, I got traded to Anaheim, which was a very short stint, but an amazing uh, opportunity for me. I was playing with Cam Fowler. And to, to me, he was probably the, my best partner that I've played with. We just saw the game the same way. The chemistry was there immediately. Uh, it just made the game so easy. We yeah. read the, or I think it was the same. Every, every situation we read was the same. So it was almost like we didn't even have to talk to each other out there where the game would just um, take care of itself, which it makes it so easy, especially as a, as a demon, your partner is your eyes and ears at, at all times. And, um, and then we lost back-to-back divisional games, uh, probably a week before the deadline, which put us, I think, eight or nine points back. And sure enough, I got traded. It was, I think we were in Vancouver. It was, the trade deadline was noon. So I go on the ice for morning skate. I give my phone to the trainer. I'm like, Hey, you know, if it rings, let me know. I get off the ice. It's 12 o'clock. I'm like, fuck, thank God. Like didn't get a call. I'm good. Uh, was loving living in Newport Beach. Everything about it. Oh, that's great. not much fun. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> like twelve oh five comes, and I get a call from Bob Murray, and he's like, "Yeah, we we traded you to St. Louis." And I knew there was other teams sniffing around, and St. Louis wasn't one of them. And then, sure enough, two seconds later, Alex Petrangelo calls me, who's one of my childhood best buddies. And sure enough, we're re- reunited. I go there, and like you mentioned, um, didn't play a whole lot. I guess the good and the bad was, you know, no one really got hurt, so I didn't give me an opportunity, but. Um, as we know, you need to have depth come playoff time, especially oh, yeah. on the back end to, to make a run. And um, it was a great experience. Uh, it wasn't fun not playing. Uh, it certainly hurt my contract the next year, but uh, I worked my ass off every single day. Um, you know, the guys that were in the lineup, you know, a lot of the older guys, you know, pulled me aside at the end of the year once we won and said, you know, it was impressive the work ethic I put in, knowing that if someone did get hurt, they'd feel comfortable with me coming in. So, that was, um, you know, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because it was nice. I hadn't really said much, but I, when it was all said and done and being able to lift the Stanley Cup and knowing um, I put a ton of work in, even when no one was watching, you know, I'd be on the ice an hour before practice every single day, just wanting to stay ready because, you know, right. as, a kid, as you guys know, as a kid, that's what you dream of is is winning the Stanley Cup. And that's the furthest we had I'd ever gone. And I wanted to make sure I was ready and wanted to make sure the coaches and uh, and players knew I was ready if that opportunity did arise. Yeah, well, like I said, Chief Chief saw it. You 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 maybe you probably felt like no one notices, you know, like when you're doing all that stuff, but he sure did because like I said, he brought it up a couple of times to me. Yeah. And you know, he always liked you anyway. Well, yeah, he obviously had to lobby for him to get him there, right? I mean, he was probably the biggest reason why you showed up there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing you're a pro and you take care of yourself and you're a good example for the young guys and kept the good attitude, obviously, which is yeah, important. The music thing was was funny there. Because uh, I'd always be there early, um, as you know, Nast. And yeah. um, so I'd be cranked. Because at that time, too, you get into like May and then even into June. And like, I, you know, I hadn't played for two months. And I'm still working out like an animal every single day. And you're looking for any type of extra edge. So I have my music just cranked. <laughs> you even hear yourself think. And Jay Bowmeister is like such a quiet guy, doesn't say boo. And isn't really into that type of music. And I remember one day he just came in and pulled me aside. He's like, hey, like, can you fucking turn that down? 
You know, it's like <laughs> driving. Up, I'd, I'd shut the door to the gym in hopes that it, it would keep it quiet, yeah. but it'd be blasting through the locker room and it would <laughs> drive him nuts every day. But I was looking for any, any type of that just to get, get me, uh, get me through these workouts to keep grinding. He's probably more of a country guy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, definitely. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh, Jabo. Yeah. That's funny. Um, speaking of coaches, we were also, we were talking about earlier, uh, you've had torts twice and I know obviously we talk a lot, you and I, and uh, I had asked, I think I told you this, Riles, I'd asked is like, how's torts? Cause I've worked with torts a few times with USA hockey and not as a player, obviously, but obviously he's a fiery individual always, you know, always has been, but it was amazing. Just the human that he is. I mean, just, we, we've talked about this before with Scotty Hartnell, um, uh, couple other people he's just the guy would go out of his way in the morning to come say good morning hey do you need anything this and that um but i had asked dz earlier in the year i'm like hey how's torts doing he's like dude he's like calmed down like so much right like i i was like shocked (laughs) he calmed down but part of it was i think him getting older and realizing you can't be that way anymore anymore with how how many young guys are in the league now and, and how they're soft. There's yeah, no right, other way. Exactly. Guys, oh, gonna... Young guys, every, every, they're not, their opportunities aren't earned. They're given. And, and to me that breeds this unfortunate culture with ho- where hockey is normally known for this amazing culture. And it's definitely changed. Yeah. Entitlement. Um, yeah, exactly. Entitlement is, is ridiculous. And so part of that is towards changing, uh, but also me, you know, I had him at 19. I came in the league as, right. yeah, an offensive defenseman. Didn't know fuck all about defending. You know, just one. <laughs> I was in New York City. It was like showtime, and oh yeah, we talked about. I was. I had so much swagger, which I did. Um, but I have him to thank for making him the defenseman I am today. You know, were there times where I couldn't fucking stand the guy when I was younger? 100. percent But looking back, he made me into an all-around defenseman, and made, and more importantly, turned me into a man. Um, there are so many life lessons with him that I learned along the way, some hockey related, some life related. And, um, I, I mean, I wish I had in my whole career. I was so happy to play for him again last year. And it was so refreshing to see that his style of coaching was still in the league. Cause as I mentioned before, it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore where he doesn't give, he doesn't give a fuck if you're making $10 million, uh, league minimum 35, 18, if you deserve to play, you'll play. He's all about, he, all he wants to do is win yeah. and he doesn't care about the politics. It's his way or you're gone. And, and, and I truly love that about him because it, like, you know, we had, you know, Patrick Lyon, came in last year and they didn't see eye to eye right away because he's pretty fucking lazy and Torres right. wasn't having anything. I don't, care, I don't care what you do offensively. If you're going to be a liability defensively, this team doesn't go anywhere. Right. So, so I, I respect the way he coaches. And as you said, him as a human being, which a lot of guys don't see, you know, the media has a field day with him because he gives <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but he is, he is an amazing, amazing human being. So genuine. The, the biggest heart of, of, of anyone I know. And even, you know, now in the summer, we still talk frequently and he's always there. Like you said, is there, if there's anything you need, call me. Yeah. He's always there for you. He's, al- he's always a phone call away. And um, I wish more people, he, he doesn't care, which I also respect about him. He doesn't care what, people who don't know him think about him. Right. But I wish more people, the people that talk shit about him, uh, I wish they knew who, who he was as a human being and as a person. And 
uh, they would shut their mouths pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I think he kind of likes it like that. You, you know, a little street credit, like you're the crazy ass and you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He kind of thinks that's how he is. I think that's what it seems like anyways. Cause Hartsy said a lot of the same stuff you're saying is like, almost like just like the most genuine human where, you know, I think his brother, Hartsy's brother was in town and, and, Tor- and Torts comes yeah. along and is so nice to Hartsy and Hartsy had been scratched for a few games or whatever the hell the story was. And, and, and then his Hartsy's brother is like, this is the torts you're talking about that you know <laughs> this guy's like the nicest this guy, is like the nicest guy yeah. ever maybe maybe it's you but um no it's, it's it's good to know i think that's the stuff that people do need to hear for sure because uh, the media obviously just runs with his antics and and you know he's a passionate guy but you know behind the passion there's obviously a heart which is you know important to, exactly. to talk about yeah he wants to win as much if not more than the players and and he wears his heart on his sleeve and you know is he a lot sometimes, yes, but if you understand that he's doing it just to help you, he's doing it to help you and the team. And what I don't understand is when people talk about, oh, like he's ruining a player or he's ruining the team. Like, why would he do that? Why, why would someone do? Why would right. someone ruin a player? Because if you ruin a player, it hurts the team, and then it hurts his chances at holding his job. Right? It, it makes no sense. They're just unfortunately the uneducated people that still do exist in the media that are talking uh, and have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And there's just a little more strategy probably behind his, uh, his pushing. Right. I mean, I think you, you said you had him when he was 19, when you were 19 years old and that's a, you know, say a long time ago in the grand scheme of coaching and the philosophy and, and how to push guys. Right. I mean, it goes from that, that age of just like push, push, push to now it's like more, you know, teach the more teaching involved and, you know, r- real communication. Um, and you have, you have to evolve to, to, to stay in the league as a player and a coach, but, um, I think the biggest thing is the communication, how you're delivering the message, right? Because you said like these young guys, they're entitled and they don't do well with, you know, even constructive criticism, let alone just yeah. like you're ripping on a guy for a little bit just because you need to and they need to hear it. But, um, you know, it's, whether you call it softening up or just adapting to just the, the ways of communication, it's it has to happen. Otherwise, you, you, yeah. you find yourself outside of the league. That's what was cool this year for me was – how everything kind of came full circle, right? I was 19 and I was learning these lessons through him and we had a younger team this year and I was seeing how he would treat some younger guys. And I was like, fuck, if only I understood <laughs> then what I knew now, but I guess that's, that's with anything, right? As you mature right. and experience and, and you learn the hard way. And we would joke so often this year and, or last season, sorry. And even through meetings, uh, he would use me as an example with guys and it was, uh, really fun and enjoyable for me to see the other side of it like coming out the other end where uh learning the 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 uh the life lessons that he taught me and i think it was cool for him too we talked about it often was he was you know really proud of me not just as a, a hockey player but as a man to see how far i've come and how far i've matured and um he's still teaching those those lessons today and, and we had a guy this year that missed a game missed a practice because he had like the I don't even know. Yeah. Like a little the sniffles or something. It wasn't COVID because we were tested every single day. And, um, and we just like kind of shake our heads and he's like, see, he's like, see what I see. What I <laughs> that we just kind of like, sometimes, sometimes he wouldn't even have to say anything. We'd, we'd look at each other. Like, oh, fuck. like I remember this, you know? Yeah. So it, um, this season was awesome for that, um, that I got to really see things through and, and be re- reunited with him. And uh, I wish every young player, had uh torts or a coach like torts um early on in their career because i truly think it would help them um later on and uh it would certainly bring that culture back um 
that you know we enjoy or enjoyed uh, that used to exist. I remember DZ. Uh, I had met Torts. <clears throat> uh, the Ale- he was one of the coaches at the Olympics. He was assistant to uh, Ron uh, Wilson. Uh, yeah, Wilson. And uh, there was a maybe in the first game of the Olympics. Uh, we're holding on to a two-one lead, and <clears throat> he's the assistant coach. Well. Ryan Callahan's on the team. Okay, we got a 2-1 lead. There's like a minute and a half to go, and, and Wills throws Phil Kessel out. I love Phil, but he's not a defensive specialist by any <laughs> means, right? <laughs> and I remember I just laughed. because I, Well, I was in shock at first, and then I laughed after the game because, it looked, like I said, it's under two minutes to go, and Torts and poor Callie's, like, embarrassed. He's got, he's got Callie by the back of his jersey, <laughs> pulling him off the bench and going, what the fuck, Wills? get this guy on the ice. It's fucking minute and a half, you know, and Wilson's like, we're fine. We're fine. You know? And he's like, no, we're not. If he's, this kid can't play D. Like it was just, it was like, I'm like, we're at the Olympics. Is this fucking happening? Right. And then they're laughing, you know, they, obviously they're good buddies and laughing after the game. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, you know, like, and then I get to work with him a few more times with USA hockey. And, but God, like you said, man, it's, it's funny. Like he, he just wants to win. Yeah. That's it. Like to me, can't blame him. I'm old school from when I played sports. I never played hockey, but being in hockey for 25 years, like, fuck, the guy just wants to win, man. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, yeah, it's a lot you're pushing or pushing. It's kind of like Lavi is a lot of, you know, ah, you know, but fuck, they just want to win, you know? And, 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 but like we had spoken about before, it's like he pushes, he pushes you to the brink, but you realize though later on, once you get through like his, uh, his training camps are legendary. Everyone talks about them, like how hard they are. And that, that's his thing. He wants, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit about preseason. He wants his teams to be in the best shape. Cause he knows come December, come January, February, you're making that playoff push. His whole team is, is into shape and they're going to be fine where other teams are now starting to deteriorate. Yeah. And then he's able to take over. So his teams, you know, when I had him in New York, when we had really good teams, we were playing playoff hockey come start October. Like the whole year we play playoff hockey and we never, we didn't have the most skilled teams. We had some high end talent, but not the most skilled, but every year we would beat the shit out of teams. And that was our style. And he knew, you know, we would, we would roll teams over just by being in shape and we play a hard nosed game and teams couldn't keep up with us. Right. Yeah. That was, I think, well, I remember, I remember you like as a player, 11 to obviously i'd seen you play but 2011 2012 because of the hbo series yeah so everybody's watching you know you're still a young kid then so it's just kind of funny i think i sent you a picture a while back where you, you got zippered up there yeah. um it's just so funny like then a few years later we get you know fortunate enough to get to become good friends with you and, and have you as a player for a few years and uh riggs i gotta tell you this about him though he he's uh he is the uh Things have to be specific. Oh yeah, properly. It's is that like, also known as like, high maintenance or what? It's almost. Yeah. It's. But I'll tell you this. I will. I always would bust his balls. It was once it was done. It was fine. You never hear a word. But it was. It was so funny. Like with his shell, I'll never forget. I. But it took me three times to get this fucking. It, it was. I felt like a tailor. Like his suit. Like this guy's fresh dress. We all know that. It's the heavy drip with easy. Yeah. You know. So. His gear had to be that way too. Wasn't really anything more than that, to be honest. We had to make some alterations to your shinnies, which yeah. makes sense because you got 110 mile an hour sh- 
fucking yeah. slap shots coming out. But I just remember I, I still wear those shin pads too. Do you? Do you? Wow. Yeah, the goalie pads and you guys made me. Yeah, we we have a we have a, fr- a friend of ours, uh, this uh, cool girl in um, Toronto. Uh, I I sent her a video one time. I actually we were in Vegas, and I just did it to mess around with her. But like I always had to, I tightened up these these uh, his sleeves so they were you know perfect, like right on the shin or uh, elbows. And so I just made a video of me doing it. I go on, hi, maintenance. You know, like, <laughs> and then I turned to Jersey over to She's like, oh, my God. But no, he was like, DZ's just, you know, so polite. And he was never an issue. But it was just funny. I used to like to bust his balls about being high maintenance. Even though he yeah. really wasn't that bad at all. I, I, I can admit I am a little bit. But like, like you said, once it's done, it's done. Like, I, I need to get to a certain point where, like, it feels comfortable. The big thing for me, which I mean, is so much better now. Like I used to be brutal for that was like, if I get any, I used to get nicks on my skates all the time. Right. And I have to get like bricks or you to sharpen them. Whereas now you have the ones that the holders that, yeah, you change them out, which is amazing. So if only we had them back then, certainly Uh, would have helped a lot. Yeah. But But like you said, there's, once it's done, it's done, but there is, um, but then too, like we had the third jerseys, we had so many different, like, yeah. so changing every week. <laughs> Guys oh, hate as, soon as, as soon as you get, as soon as you get into something comfortable, like, <laughs> yeah. what, are, what is oh, this? How go. many sets of gear do we have? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was part of the problem too. It wasn't even, it wasn't yeah, even we told that story about, uh, prongs, prongs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I tricked, I tricked the big motherfucker. I got him. Uh, we told a story that day. I won't get into it, but basically He's like, I don't wear two sets of gear. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Argue with a guy first day he's there. So, but the funny thing was he came in with nothing. So he needed all new gear. So I'm like, I'm going to get him. So every day, so the first day he skates, hang his gear, let it dry, put the second set up because it's brand new, right? So he wears it the next day. I flip-flopped it for two weeks. So he comes in off the ice. We're leaving. We're going on the road. I think the first game we were headed to Carolina. And uh, he says, hey, fool. He called me fool all the time. Where's my bag, fool? I said, oh, you're all packed up. He goes, what do you mean? I got my gear on. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, that's your second set, pal. He was like, what? Nice. And I said, you've been wearing two sets of gear for three weeks. He goes, you little fuck. <laughs> he goes, okay. <laughs> it was easy. Nice. Uh, but he's like, fuck, oh, got me, man. Um, but, yeah, it's so funny how, many, how a, lot of the, a lot of you players, like, some guys are good with it. Some guys are not. <laughs> They, they're just like, how many say, I remember guys coming to Philly because we had like four helmets. Yeah. Like, and every day, like, so guys matched. I had the, you know, the black helmet that, that's at home. Then we had a black helmet for the third jerseys. Then we had a white helmet for road games and then a white helmet for practice. <laughs> and I remember Kevin Hayes going, Holy fuck, how many helmets do we wear here? <laughs> he goes, I could just wear the same. I'm like, no, man, you got <laughs> gloves. Oh my God. Yeah. And G, G's a guy, Claude Giroux's a guy. I would hide his gloves all the time because he would never put new ones on. So I'd hide him. He'd be screaming, get so fucking mad at me. And at the games, I would try to do it, but then he'd be like, hey, like, where are my gloves? I'm yeah, like, yeah, I need right it. here. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's, then it's you've got the complete other side, the opposite, where you got Jakey would wear his skates right out of the box, which is like serial killer move. Like when you get them, <laughs> right. no, I mean, it would it toss is. them on for a game, and it, it, it was hundred so it, percent. It's, it's amazing how you have guys that are so low, low maintenance and then high maintenance, and then it's hopefully pe- somewhere in between to get most of the guys. Yeah, and and but it's talking about Jake, there I can at least think of at least four to five times where 
like usually, so if we went on a, say a three game road trip, I would have three brand new pair of skates for the road. Plus the ones he's wearing have probably been worn a game or two, right? He was going through 40, 40 to 50 pairs of skates. Um, and he literally came off the ice after warm up. Like these, he said he wouldn't heat them. He just put them on, just put laces in them and, and put them on and go. He come up there. He goes, that's he, I need another pair of fucking skates. He suck. I'm like, they're right, they're right out of the box. He goes, fucking throw them away. They fucking said they fucking suck. I can't wear them. So he put a brand new pair on and go out for the first period. I'm like, I don't know how you're doing that. Not even, not even put them on the hydrock, rock, man. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. nothing. Right out of the box. Crazy. Oh, crazy. That was and like then, a stretching routine. Yes. Yes. Like, or lack of. Or lack of. Yeah. Lack of. He, he, uh, he can't touch his toes. Fucking James. Uh, but he, uh, the funny thing is he was like so hard on skates, but he'd go through 18 sticks in a season. Yeah. The only way, only way he broke was on the boards. Oh yeah. He's pissed off with everybody yelling, shoot. Yeah. Cut the fuck off. Now he's going back to Columbus DZ. I know. I know. Pretty, he's, uh, he's one excited. of the most like unique uh, like awesome awesome guy but like so many unique things that he does that makes him so special and he's still you know like putting him skates on fresh out of the box and he's still you know getting better on the ice every yeah day. right the fastest guy yeah yeah he's powerful 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 yeah. yeah the way he skates unbelievable the simple guy sounds like doesn't need to yeah. stretch <laughs> doesn't need to work out yeah. doesn't need to yeah. breaking his skates play, plays hockey, get out there and play skate. hockey man yeah 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 that's what that's what he does too that's exactly it man he uh i talked to him uh last week i think and he's he's pretty excited uh, about a new you know obviously he's been at, played started in columbus but i think he just needed a change um yeah. he was ready for it um so he's really excited he's i he said he's he goes he says i'm like getting into shape but i'm like yeah, yeah. So you're working Yo. out are you like working out? <laughs> like now? He's got that, that chip on his shoulder, right? Where he's got yeah, a little hundred percent. As we know about him, like he is very competitive and yeah. Um, so I think that yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, me too. He's a special player. Man. Wish him all the best for sure, man. Yeah, he's I think you need, need it out of Philly probably last year. Yeah. Give him give him some fresh 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 blood over there and let him let him buck a little bit. Yeah. For he's, different coaches, different he's I well, DZ, you would know better than me. I mean, they lost Felino. Um, are there any other veteran presence in there? No, so, no, has okay. gone. Like, Cam, yeah. Cam, and Atkinson's, Atkinson's gone. Billy, Billy yeah. Uh, Jones is gone. I'm gone. Right. Savard's gone. Uh, Boone Jenner would be like the next oh, one. Yeah, Boone. Will he be the captain? Would you th- say? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, Gus Nyquist is there as an older guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, they lost a lot of guys just through last year through trade and, and going down, you know, that rebuilding route. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you, did you, uh, did, yeah. Did you, uh, uh, Brad Larson's new coach there. Did, did you, did you get along with him? Well, yeah, he's great. He, he's very similar to torts in his values, just not as he definitely a much more patient than torts is uh, <laughs> his values. As far as how he coaches, the way the team needs to play is very similar. You know, he learned from torts right. for, for numerous years uh, since his whole time in Columbus. And, and he'll, he'll say himself, like he's so grateful for the opportunity to, to learn under torts. And again, as we spoke yeah, about, not just as a coach, but as a human being, um, you know, he, he gets emotional just when you talk about it, cause he, he's, he's an, an amazing person and he's, uh, very humbled and 
and is again grateful for for the opportunity that he was given because um, again it's to learn from under torts and he's not just always pushing you pushing you he is and out of all the coaches I've had, I've had a good, good chunk of them. Defensively, he is um, the best coach uh, that I've played for as far wow. as structure, hmm. uh, systems, even penalty kill. You know, we had those years. And uh, I mean, even when he was in Columbus, you know, it's still in the, the Metro division, playing Washington, which always had the best power play, and even Tampa. He always found ways. That was like his pride. He'd always find ways to shut those teams down where other teams yeah. could do it. Um, yeah, so he is very, he is a very smart coach. He's not just about the motivating and the, you know, uh, the grinding and, and giving it, giving 110%. There is, uh, a lot of brains, uh, that he does that a lot of people may not see. Right. And, and speaking of their, uh, power plays, it's funny. Like everybody's like, you know, where, you know, where Ovi's going to be. Yeah, you do, but he still puts in. Yeah, 50. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter that everyone yeah. on the ice knows. One way or another, he's gonna get it. And yeah, if he got does, other you got to yeah, exactly. you got to yeah. in the slot. <laughs> the got was... So where are you gonna go? That, but... That's what really changed it for them. Whereas, everyone, yeah, you said everyone's talked about Ovi, Ovi, but then you had whatever two years ago, where you know Carlson too, who's got a bomb yeah. to the top. Thing is, you have Backstrom can distribute the puck. Oh, he's so underrated. That's off. Yeah, down low, like you have just everyone. Everyone compliment like everyone compliments each other, and they're they're in perfect positions for how that power play is set up. So. you you can't shut everything down. It's, it's, no, it's, it's impossible, but that's awesome. Good for him, man. I don't really, I don't know him, but I saw him as a player when he was in the American league, uh, in Hershey there and, um, never really have met him or anything, but, uh, just wondered your thoughts. So that's cool. Good for him, man. Hopefully they are successful, especially with Jakey going there. <laughs> he gets a load of Jakey. <laughs> okay. Jakey's got a few le- good years left in him. I think he just needed a. I think he does too. A little change of scenery. It's always good for for a player to change up the environment, especially if it gets stale. I mean, Jakey, how long is he in Philly? Ten years. I mean, it's, a, years, it's a long. It's a long stint. I can't believe. It. I mean, I can, but God, does it go by quick? Hey, DZ, because fuck you, even like, yeah. look how quick it goes by, man. Like we were neighbors. Like DZ lived a couple of blocks over from me, man. It was awesome. Walk. Walk to the baseball stadium. Actually, your uh, nephew was with us. Remember that day? I was just gonna. I was just gonna tell you. Remember the time we walked to the stadium? Yeah, yeah. Man, dude, one of the funniest things. So, so first of all, Mike, Mike meets us. It's actually on my Instagram way back. This when, like, when he was playing here, and uh, we went to the baseball. I don't even know if we went into the game. I think we just stayed in the yeah. in the bar there, just yeah. you know, watching everything go on and having a good time. But so. I was always busted, you know, the ladies love DZ, good looking kid, all this shit. So I was always busted his balls. Like it was nice to be sitting there. You might get some scraps or something, you know, like <laughs> all these chicks, but no, seriously, uh, we're walking back Riles and we, in my place was even, you know, where I live. Yeah, in sure. Philly, like a, a 10 minute walk to the park maybe. And so we're walking back and we're coming down the road. And there's a girl in the street. And she's like, good looking girl, you know, like, wow, as we're walking up, we're just like, oh, she looks cool. Like, she looks good looking girl. Like, she had little Lulu tights on, you know, little shorts, little tanky top, little tanky tank top on, you know, <laughs> getting close, getting closer, getting closer. We're like, damn, she's pretty hot. Of course. Oh my God. 
oh my god are you michael del Zotto? and i'm like oh for fuck's sake yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck man <laughs> and it, it was so funny like it, so you know can i take a picture like yeah yeah that's cool it was so funny man and mike was with us that day Riggs. i don't know where you were but fuck he is one of the you you remember mike obviously one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet uh jesus but that was yeah it was nice he was he was close by and even back then, DZ, you were cooking for the fellas, and I mean, you weren't yeah. like you're an old guy, but he was he was always uh, yeah. When I when cook. I moved out of Rittenhouse and then moved uh, to South Philly there, and I had that townhouse, I was having guys over all the time, um, and it was fun. Like especially once when the Shenner brothers were there, I'd fuck those guys like to eat. Oh, these <laughs> requests like my they like the muck. Cooking. They like the muck. They muck it up. <laughs> They'd, they'd always requ- request my ribs. It was like kind of my, it's my famous dish. You know, they fall right off the bone and um, they'd always request. So every time they come over, like, hey, ribs, ribs, ribs. <laughs> I, to this day, like, we're in warm-up. They're like, hey, man, like, how are the ribs? How are the <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Whenever I see them, it's so funny. It's like that, that was like kind of our thing. Uh, but no, I, I loved it because Philly is great for restaurants, but, um, you know, it didn't go out a ton. Uh, and I just, to me, that's my favorite thing is, going on the road either for dinner or at home you have a bunch of the guys over it's just very like relaxed environment yeah. you cook you hang out there there's no rush to get in or out you know you know you're private you don't have to worry about anyone around and you just openly talk if you know each other on a personal level mm-hmm. it's, sometimes at the rink it's it's a little bit too uptight where you're always talking strategy or systems or whatever whatever you may be talking about hockey whereas you get guys away from the rink it's nice to know them on a personal level because as you know, more so you, Nasty, as we know, like as you get out of the game, it's like, yeah, are there great memories through hockey for sure? But it's the relationships and the friendships you make yep. over yep. time that those last a lifetime, right? And that's what I think is the, the coolest coolest part about the game is you have guys from all over the world, uh, all different types of, of upbringing, all different types of uh, plans or future endeavors. And then you're able to mesh, mesh your lives together and keep in touch and it may not be often it may be over the phone or maybe meeting a guy on vacation or if you're on vacation they live there and i think that's a, a truly special thing about our game it just allows you to adapt and learn about so many different cultures and uh you know places where, where players may be from yeah for sure man. <clears throat> the nice little connection with the players are too when you're actually like making the food yourself you know what i mean like you're like the, well i guess you're a younger guy when you were cooking in, in philly and, and whatnot but you know, you're, you're still a young guy, but you know, you're one of the older guys and you know, the younger guys look up to that. Cause it's easy to just go to the restaurants and get the bottle of vino and, you know, order all that stuff in. But like, there's probably a little bit more of a, yeah, a special, you know, a, a special, you know, component to it when you're, you're going over to the veteran's house and he's cooking you dinner and it's not just like spaghetti and meatballs. Like you're, you know, you're maybe it is, but I mean, you're obviously doing it up no. a little bit better since that's not the part of the keto <laughs> at all. Yeah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> but they, you know, they're, they're, they're learning something from you. They're appreciating, you know, you're preparing it and obviously the, the, the connection with you as an older guy and whatnot. So I think that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah. We had a great group then too. I, I miss those days. Like we had such a special group, such a fun group of guys that, not just at the ring, but outside the ring, some of the, you know, the younger guys are the single guys and, you know, still to this day, Raph, uh, lots, some of my best buddies. Um, and it's fun seeing now lots being a veteran guy. And I yeah. see him in the summer quite a bit and like he's cooking and now it's like, now we're talking yeah. things that happened, you know, Philly was six, seven years ago, seven years ago. And, uh, similar to the thing with Tor, it's like, it's, it's great to see guys that have now matured and lived through the game and got that that experience now and, and now you see kind of what you were 
trying to teach, uh, you know, a few years ago and, and now they're the veteran and now they're passing it on to the next generation. So it's kind of cool. The, the domino effect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know lots pretty well and speaking with him and having coached him, yeah, in the fat the Phantoms in the minor leagues and you know his up and down the early parts of his, his NHL career. It's nice to see him, like you, you just said, like mature, grow, and then now guys are looking up to him. And he's and he's a wise, you know, say he's a he's a wise uh, young hockey player that guys look up to. He's you know progressive in his thinking, and uh, it, it's nice to see guys go that way because a lot of guys you know can go the other way too, right? It's like the pressure gets to him, and you never really find yourself, and then you're kind of like always, you know you know, in and out and you never really kind of find your ground and find consistency. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to see, especially when you can see it like passed down from veterans, you know what I mean? You can, I think that's super important when veterans can really teach the guys, um, some, some real substance, right. It's, it's more about living and, and taking care of yourself than it is anything hockey. I mean, they'll, they'll figure out the hockey part cause they're skilled, right. I mean, now they've been doing that since they were four years old. So that's the, the stuff that to me, as, as we do these podcasts, we talk about more and more of these uh, to guys, you know, JVR and some of these older guys that, you know, f- it's just interesting to see how they figure it out and how they stay in the league and how they understand their bodies more and how they're able to pass that down and be a mentor really to their, to their teammates. So uh, you're doing amazing stuff. I, you know, salute you for all that. Yeah, for sure. Try. Got to pass it down to the next generation. <laughs> yeah, right? And hopes that culture still stays, uh, Stays present, unfortunately. Well, yeah, no, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, the culture, just the culture, yeah. right? You go from like the say the the, the broad street bullies and the culture, and uh, you know the from a lot of drinking to a lot of money and resources going into training and recovery and taking care of yourself, right? I mean, you're trying to extend your career, and how you know when you, whether you like it or not, it's it, it's changing. Um, you know, more guys are focused on recovery instead of just going out and get banged up and, you know, and, and spending the whole morning trying to recover from their hangover. <laughs> I mean, there's still a little bit of that, that going on. Yeah. But that, that still, that still exists when the opportunity uh, right. presents itself. And I think that's such a big part of the game is those are the best, like, those are the best memories that, yeah. that you have. It was like, Hey, remember that time, you know, we had a day off and we all, we went and played golf or we had dinner and we went out together. And like, yeah. those, that's where you develop that camaraderie and that right. chemistry within and and i'm all for of course as we've talked about i'm all for the recovery and that side of and how advanced uh nutrition technology everything has come uh that's very present in our game but but at the same time i think there still needs to be that other side available as well because now guys are bringing their fucking video games on the road mm, right. playing and playing games all night and ordering room service as opposed to going out for dinner and spending 100%. time with their team developing that side so i think there needs to be some type of middle ground um unfortunately yeah. it's wavering a little too far to the uh the video game the Fortnite side now yeah <laughs> and that's yeah that, that's yeah. to me that doesn't even seem like part of the, the formula at all right i mean it's like it's exactly. like you're talking about recovery versus like you know back in the day going out and getting shit-faced every night well i think it's just the guys remember more selective you know and picking their picking their spots and then like you said like you go out as a team and you have that you know, that, that, that hurrah type of night and have some fun and some and storytelling, whatever else. But I see it in the minor leagues too, like so much, so much, you know, screen time and games and stuff like that. To me, that was never even part of the formula. It was, you know, it was, that's just like something yeah. completely separate, a totally separate issue. Really. It's nothing to do with life and yeah. or recovery and or performance really. I would- it, it, 
it brings up sorry now so okay. it's reminded me of this epic story when we were in philly we had um whatever was like ulcer break or whatever it was and me raf and uh <laughs> and lots went to um where did we go that one I don't know if that one was we we went had, we went Mexico house. one year yeah we went Mexico one year but the house was Dominican just oh. me and Raf and then another year just me and Raf went to Turks and whatever we we go there obviously we're on vacation it was like three nights we're drinking all day all night you know enjoying ourselves and when we're together we love we obviously have a great time the three of us are just nonstop abusing each other just yeah. chirping each other like gutless just going at it. So anyways, we get back and we have like a bag skate the first day and Raph's like a full length behind everyone. We're doing like down and backs and like, you know, you're finisher down and back and this guy's still working on the first length. Like, <laughs> Raph's like, he's in good shape and he's like a phenomenal skater, very efficient skater. And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So he, he goes to Jimmy Ricross and the trainer is like, hey, like uh, something's wrong. I'm not feeling well. I, I, I couldn't skate out there. I couldn't move like my chest. He kept complaining about like his chest, like breathing. And Jimmy's like, here, like, take a night cool tonight, like, get a good night's sleep. You probably didn't sleep, you know, the whole whole trip. You'll be fine. Come back tomorrow. Same thing. Couldn't fucking breathe. Couldn't do anything. Find out he partied so hard he had pneumonia. So he's no out way. for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want a nice little all-star break. And, like, I like the, I guess we're, we're the same age. But, like, I, you know, the more veteran guy as far as games, that he come back. And, like, hey, uh, Deli, what would you do with the guy? Uh, Fuck, guy's got pneumonia. I can't even play. <laughs> this is two weeks of the season, two or three weeks of the season. I'm like, fuck, that wasn't a good look. Yeah. But those guys, man, we had we had so much fun together. Those three guys, it's some of the best memories I've had. Remember a few yeah. of the pictures that uh, you guys sent me were. I was <laughs> yeah. jealous, to say the least. We had, we that, had, that I wasn't there. That's for sure. We had a good time. He somehow drove the golf cart that came with the property into our pool too. I don't know. How that <laughs> oh was. wow, that's that was impressive. That was out of commission for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, in talking about going back to like guys doing the video games and shit. I, uh, a couple of years ago, we were in Arizona and talking to my buddy, uh, the coach Rick Tockett. And he's like, fuck man. Like, you know, trying to get the boys going in there. He's like, uh, you know, I, I was all excited this yesterday morning. I walk in a couple of the young guys are just, they're going at it. I'm like, fuck yeah. They're ribbing each other, you know, like fucking. And he's like, Hey, What's going on? What happened? And he's like, oh, last night he like please snipered me like on the and he goes what? And he goes, oh fuck off! <laughs> he yeah, yeah, right. And I'm dying. I said, dude, we got guys bringing headsets. And oh yeah, Special headsets with, with the microphones. <laughs> yeah. I think the fucking pilots on the birds is like, come on, <laughs> yeah. you know, come on talks guys. old school. He's like cheap. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about, man? Okay. Like, <laughs> so funny though. I remember uh, <clears throat> also. Uh, easy we were on a road and we had i think we had the next day off we're in calgary and uh we had something set up and i just said to zz i gotta go do you know hang the gear maybe i might have had like two guys skate yeah like but we had a day off it was the next day was a day off anyway um i said dz saved me a spot uh he got set up with a booth by one of our friends and uh so i get there and there's young lady waiting on tables good looking woman um didn't know her, but she was she was there waiting on it. Wheezy was with us, our, bo- our boy Wheezy, Dale Weez, fucking funnier and shit. And these two are so lippy. It was so, it's just so much fun because just back and forth, just being a smart ass, but all in good fun. So I come up, I get there. I'm, I'm like, you know, a little after these guys and they've had a couple of drinks and 
So the waitress comes over and she goes, oh, are you joining him? I'm like, yeah. So it, it, there was still an empty seat beside DZ. Right. And uh, she goes, oh, and he goes, well, why don't you join us? You know, like just take off and you can join us and, and sit with the boys here. And she goes, oh, I can't. I got to work. She goes, I thought you must have someone else going. He goes, that it's actually for my wallet. That's fine. Yeah. You know, he was obviously just fucking around. He was just being funny, but I literally spit part of my drink out just because oh, I didn't, even from him, I knew he was just kidding, but That's it was saying she laughed her fucking yeah. every time she goes, I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> fucking wheezy, wheezy. That's right. That's a good one. That- we see that like me and him that's like we had we're the best for that because we would say the most ridiculous shit like stuff that would would make you just shake your head but we would always just try to say something to see if we can make the other guy like actually shake their head (laughs) because all the time just stupid shit he's got he's the best for that those types of lines yeah his little chauffeur hat on yeah yeah exactly he was one of of my favorites man when you said that though, my God, I died. I was like, that's one of the funniest things ever. So just the way to set it. Yeah, she was just like at first she it took yeah, her a second. Yeah, to process that. Like, yeah, you gotta know your your crowd too, right? <laughs> yeah. You gotta know if you can throw something I like that in there. And uh, that some of my drink. She was cool. Like we were just yeah. ridiculous lines and she was loving the humor or making jokes yeah. back and forth. That was funny. Was fun. I never forget. I always I always say that because I just <laughs> that one just always stuck with me. I just thought it was so funny. But Riles. Yeah, I was gonna anything? say switch, oh. switching gears just a little bit. Um, uh, the King, Henry Lundquist, retiring. I mean, you obviously spent some time, uh, well, parts of six years with the guy. Um, talk talk about uh, well, him as as a player, but more importantly, as a human. Um, he was uh, well. First, as a player, he was the most, still to this day, the most competitive player I have ever played with. He would treat practice like it was game seven. If you score on him in practice, he would lose his mind. And I was like a young kid, like full of shit back then. Like was always talking shit and I, I'd score and I'd excel. And the next thing you know, like a puck would come flying by you. Like he'd, he'd fire pucks at you, at you if you sell it. old school. Ron Hextall. Yeah, He was so, so competitive, but that's what made him, you know, the goalie he was. And playing in front of him for, for the time I did for those that many years, was was so amazing knowing that you had a goalie like him behind you. Like the amount of times he would bail you out, um, you know, that was in his prime. He was fucking unbelievable. The saves he would make. You sometimes you'd be on the bench or even on the ice. You're like, wow. Like you'd have to yeah. stop. Almost you stop your stuff from playing and you're just like admire some of the saves he would make. And I mean, to be nicknamed the king. Yeah, in New York yeah, right. City, in New York City so, right? MSG, you know, one of if not the most famous arena in the world. Tells you everything you need to know about him. Like that guy right. ran that city. And the the funniest thing about him is like he'd be wearing three pieces of practice. Yeah. At that time, like I was 19, I'm just wearing like, you know, sweatsuits to practice, like super casual, like whatever, you get in. And then afterwards, if you're going out for dinner, obviously change. But this guy was like, it was a GQ shoot every single day. This guy came to the rink. And that's where I learned, I'm like, fuck, like I did step my game up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. He- I worked a thing with him, DZ, in Atlantic City for Bauer. They would bring oh, all their yeah. their things, all the guys that you know their their big deals like Patrick Kane, Jonathan yeah. Taves, Carter, guys from all over the league. And uh, the King came the one night uh, or the the one trip, and uh, he changed three times a day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He had and, a, and he must have no. And no, I swear to God, he came into breakfast the first day, and it was like, dude, he had on like. 
it almost didn't matter what he had on because it was him, but he yeah. had on like this perfect button down shirt. Looked like it definitely was tailored. Like oh, I mean, yeah. it, it couldn't have fit him any. It was like Kovalev, right? Riggs yeah. with his oh, hair. Yeah, like, perfect gear. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So he comes walking in. <laughs> his hair is just perfect. He's got this his button up short sleeve, these sick jeans on it, and then like Chuck Taylors, but he just looked just sick man and i remember he came in and it was early too it was like eight you know like practice yeah. was like 8 a.m and uh i think it was jonathan taves looked at him and said do you just wake up and look like that and he's <laughs> yeah, like pretty much you know pretty much, like, yeah. he, he was kidding but like he was probably not kidding but he yeah. was kidding and i swear to god we'd go so you had to go to the rink or some guys had to go do like a video shoot of them like putting their gear on because it's all the new stuff for the following season for the next season and go back for lunch, he had a totally different outfit on. Oh, yeah. And then at dinner, he's like, really got, he's dressed to the nines. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like for three days, I, I saw this and I'm like, how big is, like, how many suitcases did you bring? Like, cause he actually came from Sweden to this thing because he had gone home for the summer, I guess. Uh, but anyway, like DZ said, the three piece suit does oh, not man. surprise me, man. Insane. Insane. And he was a very, very nice guy, like a, a great teammate, super competitive. Uh, two things about him though, like wh- whenever he'd lose in a shootout, he would freak the fuck out. We lost in a shootout. It was guaranteed he'd come back in the room. And for what I don't know for why it was always the soap dispenser, but this was when MSG had the, <laughs> done the done the renovation. There was just the he'd only shower in this one shower, and the soap dispenser. Every time we lost in a, in a shootout, you'd come back and it would be on the floor, and he would beat the piss out of this thing <laughs> every single time. I don't know why. I don't know what the soap dispenser had to do with the shootout. <laughs> But that was the always take it out on that. And then his workouts were the best. He'd get the big stability ball and he'd do like his sit-ups. He'd just do his sit-ups and then you do push-ups. The only workout I've ever the only workout I've ever seen him do. All core. He was like, not a, <laughs> not a look good too, right? Shredded. Yeah, exactly. You needed that perfect 30 waist for his uh for yes. his oh yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You know, he's talking about shootouts with him, it always I I don't know if there's another goalie, but I never noticed like a goalie literally like have guys come do breakaways on him. And before a game, I couldn't believe yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. I'm like, dude, like you would think he wouldn't want that as a goalie, but he, he stayed out there at the end rounds. I'm sure you saw too when, when you played, but yeah, you have guys are just coming down doing breakaways. Like yeah, most goalies, most starters are off with like four or five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Not and taking exactly. breakaways. Yeah, and the last two minutes is, is breakaways. Crazy. It blew me away. And, and it was like a, it was almost like uh, fans would come to, to watch that as if it was the game. Because like, yeah. the one ended end MSG, and then you always have like the celebs and the supermodels yeah. behind the bench. That's another story. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and everyone everyone would gather right behind the net, and they were like they would wait for the shootout. They'd be like like because guy, you know, at that time we had Zuccarello who was a yeah. shootout wizard. And it was like a, almost an all-star game for fans to come watch and see what moves would happen or like big saves he would make. So it's crazy, kind of very unique that for him to do that. Know, Part I of the marketing, it. you know, when you're, when you're the king, you got to go above and beyond, <laughs> and you got to get people you know buy into you that you're the yeah. king. So put on a show for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was calculated oh, somewhat. Yeah, exactly. especially with all his outfits and everything like that. You know, he knew he knew the eyes were on him, so he wanted to make sure that he put together a nice little product for the people. He, he did that for a long time, man. <laughs> yeah, right. It's time. pretty impressive. It's, it's a shame he has to, you know, this heart thing had to, you know, end it for him. 
yeah. a shame he couldn't do it on his own, you know. But yeah, you know, on his chance. Take the take the the unfortunate health issues. I'm almost glad he never played a game for Washington, because um, I think not to say it, it uh, affects his legacy, but I think playing for one team for as long as he did as a goalie, yeah. the records he has, and not playing somewhere else, I think makes it makes it that much more special, right? It's, yeah, it's I agree. kind of like Tom Brady in a way, where yeah. he's under the box and he's still and you're so impressive that he won. But I think playing for one team for that long, especially in sports now is, is unheard of. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it, it makes it that much, uh, that much cooler if you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And to go and play one season, which would probably wouldn't have been anything besides just like trying to play, you know, it wouldn't really do its justice of actually hopping on a team and actually being a big part of the team success. Exactly. Unless they went on a run and, and possibly won, but I think anything less of the Stanley cup win would have been like, you would think twice about it. Right. 100%. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, DZ, we chewed up a lot of your day here, man, and uh, really appreciate your time, buddy. I miss you, love you. Can't wait to finally, hopefully, knock wood. This shit settles down, yeah. and we get to see you here soon. Um, Thanks, boys, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Now, so hit you up when I'm back in Philly, and uh, hope to see you. Where's Elvis? He, he jumped in for a second, then he left. Dude, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's mad at me. Yeah, he's I, oh, dude, he, he's, is he wheeling and dealing on the street right now? Oh, What's he doing? He's got. He came in and he's got a full sleeve tattoo. He's got some on his chest now. They're fake, obviously. <laughs> but he just put on all these tattoos. That's what he was trying to jump in here. He was trying to get high so you could see them all. I don't know where he is now. He's probably out working the neighbor's daughter. Fourteen-year-old <laughs> so. yeah. daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he told me he's got a. He has a. Our normal sitters just went back to college, so we have a new one. Um, that was her first time and he did not want me to leave the house the other night and she rings the doorbell. I open it up and right away, he just get the smile and he goes, Hey, I'm Elvis. She's like, Hey, I'm Jolie. He goes, come on, go down here. I'll show you the, I'll show you the uh, basement and my drum kit and all this shit. And like, there he goes. <laughs> and he, didn't, he didn't even say bye to me. He's, there he goes. And Later. he says, uh, so the next morning <clears throat> I got back rather late. I'm not sure why. <laughs> But uh, I uh, got back kind of late, so he was asleep. And uh, the next morning, I said, hey, how'd everything go with the new sitter? He goes, uh, I think I'm in love. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I think I think uh, I think I'm in love. And I said, OK, All right, that's good. At least we know we got what we we can use for a while <laughs> yeah. anyway. Until he says something stupid, yeah, she, exactly. she yeah, freaks right. her out. But it's not true love. Yeah, exactly. So but anyway. Um, thanks again, DZ, man. We appreciate your time. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. Great All to right, see man. you. Good luck this season. That episode was brought to you by Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. SettlemeyerSkateSharpening.com. Check them out for all your hockey needs or visit Nasty for the best grind in town and body Woo. check wellness for all your hemp-derived CBD and functional mushroom needs. Currently running a Labor Day sale for 50% off with $100 and over on your order. So check it out, bodycheckwellness.com. And thank you to Michael Delzato, DZ. And DZ, DJ Delzato. We're hopping on. It's great to reconnect. Yeah. Nice to man. see him doing well, resigning, smile on yep. his face, new, great shape nice as always. Nice new deal. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you when you rip like that, I mean, I'm surprised he ever wears a shirt. I meant to say <laughs> that to him too when we were doing the thing. He used to he used to I don't know why it slipped my mind. I think because we were just kept talking and talking about different things, but he used to make me laugh because he he's pretty ripped up and he would he would come in the room and be like, Was well, if anybody needs to do any laundry lady later, just let me know, <laughs> you know, on his on his stomach, on his washboard. But uh um funny, funny guy, man. Great guy. Um really good to me uh when he was here in Philly for those few years and um great to catch up with him and can't wait to see him hopefully everything kind of stays in order so we'll be able to go to games and actually see our buddies yeah. coming to town and stuff like that so yeah no kidding yeah it's nice to see guys that you know like i kind of knew or played against when they were younger and yeah. then, you know you're very immature and seeing them grow and then seeing them like yeah. become like well leaders and then you're learning how to you know take care of their bodies which seems funny because you think that like you know professional athlete all these guys know how to take care of themselves which is not the truth and you know especially when you're right. young you think you're invincible and you, you you become the older guy and you learn to take care of your body but then how he's kind of like like embodied it obviously and then is kind of like the guy that young guys look up to and then he's getting you know you know more contracts and and you yep. know an opportunity because of that you know with winning the stanley yep. cup with chief and you know, moving on and, and, and finding deals because he's, you know, going back to see, you know, work with Tortorella and, you know, seeing how he's evolved and, you know, towards seeing yeah. how he's, he's evolved. It's kind of cool, especially when you kind of, you, you, you break it down, you know, from that perspective, because most people don't really understand that, you know, and some guys never grow right. like that. And then they, you know, their bodies break down they disappear and, and he's a first round pick, right? I mean, he's a first yeah. round pick and, you know, some guys that, that are high picks like that, they, I don't know, they, they, once they have those tough seasons, they kind of like fizzle out. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was, yeah, he was, um, I remember, you know, he was, he was look, he, I think he had gone to Nashville and then chemo to, he, he, I don't even know if he had a deal in place. I could be wrong. He may have had things going on, but he ended up signing in Philly because chemo had the blood clot issue. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, yeah, so he ended up staying here. He played well, ended up staying here, obviously. And then, you know, like you said, you know, he had a, well, he explained the whole thing where, you know, he went to Anaheim. He's on three different teams in one year. You know, you, you're, you're probably in your head and you're like, holy cow, like what's going yeah. on with my career. I'm training, sure. I'm doing everything right. But it, he stuck with it and, and, you know, he just got a nice two year deal and, I'm sure he's going to be one of the leaders there for, you know, hundred percent. Um, he will be so, um, good for him. And it was great yeah. having him on, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Nice to see him have success and, uh, it was, uh, much appreciated that he hopped on and spent the time with us. So that wraps up episode 38 and asked. Boom, baby. Tune in Love next it. week for episode 39. Until then, take care. Knuckleheads. See you knuckleheads. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 